Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Just wanted to take a brief moment to give you guys a little idea how we do it here at Paddle and Fin Podcast. We use the Anchor.fm recording platform. Super easy, distributes our podcast to many, many different platforms. There's creation tools to allow you to record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. Check out anchor.fm or download the free Anchor app to get started. to paddle and fins the reel down uh segment brought to you by myo kayak anglers today we have uh, brandon tyke he went he won the uh fletcher's pond tournament up there in michigan and then uh, he, uh right here with me is uh john graves the co-host so how you guys doing good how are you uh, we're i'm doing, doing good, good. So let's get into this, man. Uh, we know you won the uh, tournament at uh, Fletcher's Pond, and uh, how, how much did you actually win off of that? Seven fifty, I believe. Thousand fifty? No, seven fifty. Seven fifty. Okay. Yeah, Got that's that. a nice that, that's awesome. chunk. <laughs> yeah, but... nice for fishing for sure. Yeah, that, that's what uh, the Mayo tournaments are nice because they always have the big payouts. Yeah. Uh, what what cur- uh, what kayak are you currently in? Uh, I have a Hobie PA14. Okay. 
so john yeah. has one as well <laughs> thing's awesome yeah is that hey. have, did you start in that or no i had an ascend oh, okay. um i was just looking to get on the water and happened to see it at bass pro shops and bought an ascend mm -hmm. and then i wanted more stability and up up uh ready to do a lure and then i started going to tournaments and seeing people with paddles and I wanted that paddle, so I went to the Hobie. <laughs> yeah, those Hobies are nice. <laughs> so, John, you were, you had something to say? I was asking him if he had seen the 360 and what he thought about that. No, I, I, I seen it when they released it on Facebook and stuff, but can't wait to try it out. Yeah. I seen you were at iCast. Did you get to try it? I did not get to try it. They had no. the opportunity to try that. On the first day, Tuesday, as I was driving down there, just couldn't get there fast enough. But yeah, what wow. an incredible piece yeah. of machinery! Hmm. Yeah, that is pretty sweet. That uh, that drive is definitely completely different than everybody else's. So, uh, how how long have you been tournament fishing? Um, this is my third year. I I started with the Cat Series um, up here in Michigan. That was three years ago i did a couple that year and then last year is when i really started doing a lot of them okay uh what's the cat series um kayak angler tournament series i think their main one's down in texas and then they have a like a midwest section i guess they're all they're all in michigan from from what i know yeah um and uh is this your first year fishing in mayo no i fished them all last year last year i think did i finished third in angler of the year last year with them okay gotcha uh we we just interviewed zach sulier last week he he yep. uh he finished second i believe last year yep i was i think i was right behind him okay yeah he, he's he's a cool guy we we interviewed yep. him last week and talked about his responsibilities with the uh board and everything so uh your uh your wins how, how many wins do you have total that was my first Oh, really? Yeah, I had a lot of tournaments where I just couldn't get the one big bite or lost a fish and finished in the top five, top ten. And yeah. then finally this one, I I fished really clean that day. Yeah, that's awesome. I pretty much caught everything I hooked the whole day. <laughs> there's, a, there's a really good feeling on your on your first big win. And you start getting that feeling at some point in the tournament when you're like, you know what? I've got it. This is something that's going to happen. I'm right there. I'm on. I got it going. Was there any particular point in the tournament where you said, I need this tournament to end right now? Yeah, I actually, there was. I, I, I'd made a move and caught a 18.25, which was like, a, I think, a three and a half inch upgrade at the time. Ooh. And when I caught that one, I, it put me a couple inches ahead, and I needed it done at that point. <laughs> yeah. What time was that? I think there was about two and a half hours left. Oh, that's brutal. I think it was around 11.30. Oh, that's brutal. Because you're always waiting for that sandbagger, you know, that one yeah. that's just kind of sandbagging that 19 is going to be, you know, yeah. breaking I, your heart. All the, you way, all the way until the weigh-in, I wasn't sure if it was enough. Yeah, I hate that feeling. <laughs> so uh let, let's go through uh your game plan for uh fletcher's pond did you do any pre-fishing i did i did do pre-fishing um i was uh, expecting we good yeah you're good go ahead all right 
I was I, I kind of knew about the lake, but never fished there. I knew there was a lot of wood and and stuff. It was shallow, so I didn't really do a ton of research for it, and kind of was just going to go pre-fish and see what I could find while I was there. And I actually I paddled around for a couple hours and kind of just looked around and tried to find some areas I liked and fished a little bit, and I wasn't really catching anything. Mm-hmm. And then I saw a bunch of stumps sticking out of the water so i decided to go over there and i didn't really catch anything on the stumps um i was kind of feeling discouraged and i just started wandering around on a a big flat that had a bunch of stumps and a bunch of weeds in it and uh was throwing a four inch yum dinger and caught a couple 17 inches and then i started feeling pretty good that i had found some fish Mm -hmm. but i wasn't sure if 17s were going to be enough to win it so, yeah. um, I looked You're around in Ohio. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I looked around a little more and tried fishing a little bit deeper spots and didn't really find anything. And uh, with about an hour left I, of of my practice fishing, I threw a jackhammer on it. Mm. I made like three casts with it and caught two fish. So, I at that point I basically was going going to go into tournament day with the yum dinger and the jackhammer and mm-hmm. just roll with that yeah i love those chatterbaits man those are awesome yeah so so i actually what i found they weren't relating to the wood for me there was a it's it's a kind of pond weed it's a a big leaf weed and it's mm-hmm. got a little like a pine cone thing that sticks out of the top mm. and just out above the surface of the water and they were growing in in clumps so there'd be like a 10 yard by 10 yard clump and you could just go through the flat flat and pick out the clumps of those weeds and i was just casting the chatterbait to the edges of them yeah I, I, that's where the chatterbait really shines i've learned a lot about the chatterbait this year and when you're throwing right right next to those weeds man it seems like you're always getting hammered yeah so. they, they were actually hitting most i would say 50 60 percent of my my bites were on the fall from the cast Mm-hmm. And then the rest of the bites, I was letting it just sink to the bottom and then just popping it off the bottom. Mm-hmm. And the first pop, they were hitting it. That's awesome. So, so uh, did you only pre-fish one day for that tournament? No, Thursday and Friday. Thursday and Friday. So, so but did both days go exactly the same? Pretty much. I, I, there, was fish in, there was fish in those same areas that I caught them, and I never found anything anywhere else, so... Gotcha. I, I pretty much just left them alone the ones yeah. that i found i was i was hoping that that was going to be enough that i could get a couple good bites out of there which obviously i did mm-hmm. but i wasn't feeling that confident actually i didn't <laughs> i'd heard a lot of stuff about that lake and i was expecting people to put up some really big numbers and yeah everybody always talks about or they talk about that lake they said everybody voted for a tournament to happen on that lake all all the michigan or the mayo uh angler anglers voted for that lake yeah i i i don't i don't know if it's like some secret hidden thing or what but i've heard about that lake my whole life i've always wanted to go there and just never made it up there so Mm -hmm. is it pretty big yeah, it's pretty big. It was bigger than I was expecting. That actually limited me in my practice because I got there and 
it was bigger than I thought. So instead of trying to cover a ton of it, I just picked out a, an area of it and said, I'm going to try to figure this area out really good. Yeah. So uh, let's get to uh, actual tournament day. You guys started at 6 a.m., right? Yep. Okay. And then uh, how, how quick did you catch a limit? I, I I went into it thinking I was going to get 75 inches in the first hour, and it didn't go that way. And <laughs> I didn't. I, it was a half hour in. I still hadn't had a bite. And then I finally, my first fish that I caught was at about 635, I think. And it was an 18 and a quarter. Ooh, so I was, I was glad to take the good one instead of having my limit that soon because I knew I was still going to be able to catch some fish during the day. Yeah. Nice. John, you got the leaderboard pulled up? Is that what you're looking at? I'm sitting here looking for it right now. <laughs> I and knew they you got were. It buried, they got it buried deep. <laughs> That's all good. So uh, you, you want to go through any other techniques and stuff you were throwing at Fletcher's? So basically, that, that first fish came on on a four-inch yumdinger, um, green pumpkin with the chartreuse tail. I uh, was fishing a Texas rig and had the weight peg, mm-hmm. and I caught that first one and i that's what i had caught most of my fishing practice on so i thought i was going to roll with that and i fished it probably another half hour without a bite and picked up the jackhammer started catching fish and i never put it down the rest of the day yeah i'm the same way (laughs) I, i i made that move that i said where i caught the one that put me in the lead and then two casts after that, I think, I caught another one-inch upgrade or so, and then I lost my one jackhammer to a pipe. Oh. <laughs> and two, two, and a, two and a half hours left, I think I, I had another blue chatterbait, but not a jackhammer. And uh-huh. I think I caught one more fish the rest of the day. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> what, what was the water clarity? Yeah, that's fine. It was pretty good. Where, where I was at, I was fishing in six and a half seven feet of water and i could see the bottom perfect okay so um i kind of realized that even even if the water's clear that black and blue jig still works I, i've been yeah. catching them in clear water on black and blue all year this year so that's awesome and then practice days it was sunny and no wind and then uh tournament day was cloudy and uh, quite a bit more wind and i said i was cast into those weeds i was having a hard time before the sun came up actually seeing those tops of the weeds from the mm-hmm. from the waves yeah uh, is there uh, uh speed boaters on that lake and stuff no there's there's so many stumps in the lake that it's basically just fishing boats and gotcha. even those only have certain spots that they can actually open it up on that's nice nice and a lot of our lakes down here have a lot of speed boaters and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it definitely turns into a pain when they're buzzing you. Yeah. So uh, let's talk well, about really, – uh, go I'm ahead, sitting, John. I'm sitting here just going through the pictures. It looks like an absolutely beautiful uh, lake up there. It certainly looks like yeah. a lot of fun. Um, I don't know why in the heck I had for some reason in my head it was in Ohio, but it's not. It's in Michigan. So, yeah. Um, but, you know, it's really cool to see the ladies stepping up into the tournament yeah, sure. and actually yeah. getting up into the top three. So uh, I see Jenna here. I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce her last name, <laughs> but uh, buddy, she was right on you, man. Yes, she was actually ahead of me. And that's who that that one that I caught 
I passed her on that with that bit. Wow. <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. she she looks like she's got a grin on her face. She's like, "Yeah, I was almost there and stuff." But that's really cool. I'm <laughs> I'm glad to see that. But boy, what a, I'm going to put that on my calendar for next year. That looks like a beautiful spot to uh, fish. Yeah, I'd like to get up there as well. Yeah. Uh, are you a KBF member? I am. Okay. Uh, did you qualified this year then through that event? Yeah. Right? That's yep. awesome. Did, is this your first year qualifying? No, I've qualified the last three years and i've never awesome. made it to one so hopefully this year i'll that's get awesome. down there that's awesome man yeah, gunnersville <laughs> is one of those yeah bucket list lakes yeah how, how does that how does that make you feel qualifying i mean it's cool i mean as long as i can make it yeah like I, said, <laughs> I haven't been able to make it down there so heck my, my goal is just to qualify just to say i could i you know i don't know right, if i'll right. be able to make it down there but that's awesome. I, I can't imagine what it feels like to qualify for it. <laughs> you know, Gunnersville. Yeah, I mean, when you when you're talking about Gunnersville, Alabama, or um, Alabama, it's really it's 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 not that far away. It mm -hmm. really isn't. It it just sounds like it's on the other side of the planet, but it's what right. like six hours away. It's just south of Chattanooga. You can well, stay from in us. Chattanooga. Uh, well, that's yeah, true I think too. it's I think it's right around nine for me. I think yeah, that's which true isn't too bad. Too. No. Last year in Louisiana, that was a hike. So, yeah, that I think it was about a fourteen and a half hour drive to that one. So that yeah. was definitely made the decision of not going to that one. Right. The year before that was Texas, right? Not, I, I think it was Toledo Bend or uh, not Toledo Bend. I don't remember. Oh, Kentucky Lake. Yeah, Kentucky Lake. That's, that's right. what it was. Yeah. You, so you didn't make it to that one. I didn't. I qualified oh. for that one too and didn't make it. Oh, that'd have been awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's now really they cool. got the uh, the Hobie or the Hobie Bass Open Series also coming up there at uh, Gunnersville in September. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's a good time to get down there and you know, wow, to see uh, what can ha transpire from a good win, a good fishing day through the Hobie Bass Open Series. Next thing you know, you're off to the Netherlands. Yeah. Know? catching some fish you don't even know how to fish for <laughs> yeah but uh all expenses paid <laughs> that kind yeah. of stuff that, yeah. that's a you know invitation to the hobie uh, uh pro world so have you ever thought about uh, giving that uh, event a, a try i would like to but probably not this year it can only fit so much into the schedule so right I try to fish as many of the local ones, the Michigan and Ohio ones, as I can, but I haven't ventured too far from that yet. Yeah. Uh, what what uh what place were you in the standings for Angler of Year this year so far? That 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 was my first. I fished I fished the first tournament in Ohio. I forget what lake it was, and Indian it lakes. was cold. Yeah. It was cold and rained. The water was muddy. I didn't get a chance to get down there to pre-fish. I just showed up in the morning and mm -hmm. I got skunked that day. Was a a lot of people did that day. I know that for sure. So, so and then I, I missed the St. Clair tournament. So this was the first one I actually scored. So I think I'm 20th or something in Angler of the Year points. Okay, I got you. Are you are you fishing the East and West Harbor tournament? I will be there. Yep. Awesome. Nice. Have yeah, I, I fished it. I fished it last year for the the mile tournament down there. Okay. And I I did the same thing. I kind of just winged it and showed up and fished. And I was catching a decent amount of fish. And then the thunderstorms rolled in, and mm -hmm. I got off the water. 
Yeah. That, that harbor get pretty quick, crazy during the yeah. thunderstorms. Yeah, it was it was getting pretty crazy for sure. There were still people fishing, but as soon as I started, it started getting too crazy. I was getting out of there trying to wait so, it out. I was looking at Navionics of East and West Harbor. That place don't look like it's that deep. You know, I didn't venture through the whole thing. I fished the East Harbor, and I kind of just found a shoreline with a bunch of weeds on it, fished six, seven feet the whole time I, the, I fished. Yeah, that's that's about. It was much deeper out there. Yeah, it didn't look like it was much deeper on the maps. I was kind of surprised. I was thinking, open harbor with like a little canal going out to the Erie. Right, right. Yeah, I've never been up there, so I have no idea. You 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 going to this one? I'm not going to be able to make it. No, I got nope. Got family coming in, but I was planning on it, but I only get them see them twice a year, so. Yeah. John, you going out there? So, yeah. The, so, this is something I'm thinking about. I'm going to be able to get away and actually do It'll be a cannonball type of an event. You know, show up early and got off early in the morning and then fish and then probably head home type of thing. But um, so, what what do I need to look for up there? And from the areas that I saw, it was basically, like I said, five, six, seven feet and a ton of weeds. Right. I, I threw I threw a worm the whole day. Um, I I remember seeing some bass boats coming by me from probably locals around there, and they were all throwing spinner baits. Just seeing what as they were going by, watching them. Right. Well, there's one thing I have to say about a moving bass boat. If they're moving, doesn't mean that that means they're not catching fish. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's it's that one that's sitting over in that little you know part somewhere that's just sitting there for a long time that's catching fish but this east and west harbor is not necessarily one of those bodies of waters that's been ravished by the uh the grass kill and everything is it i heard some rumor of that i'm not sure i know a lot of areas got that algae bloom too so i don't know if they're having any effect with that there either right i'm looking forward to that event good camping up there that you know of I I didn't camp. I I did what you I last year I did what you said you're gonna do. I left at two in the morning, drove right. up and dropped the kayak in and drove <laughs> home right afterwards. Yeah, that's that that feels good though. Kind of, you know. I like coming home with that stink on, you know. It feels good. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh let's get into the uh, mental prep before tournaments. Uh do you, you have some kind of routine that you go through? I really don't. No. Uh, we no, we, and, we talked to Zach last week, and he likes to roll up on the uh, ramps listening to DMX. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, I don't really have anything special I do. Basically, just my, my prep and the pre-fish and trying to figure out what I can get bites on, and that's it. Oh, simple man, then. I like it. <laughs> that's awesome. So, are, uh, what, what other tournaments are you looking forward to this year? Um. There's uh the north the northern Michigan kayak trail. I've been doing those ones this year. This is the first year of running that series. Mm-hmm. Um, I fished two of their three so far, and they have one coming up on Skagamog Lake, up in northern Michigan. That'll be a fun one. Are and they that, the ones that put on the Saginaw Bay tournament? Yeah, yeah, that was this weekend. I missed that one. Okay, yeah, there there that wasn't was the very many people. Not nah, thirteen, I think. Yeah. Uh, Zach fished that one. I don't know if his wife yeah. did, but yeah, I think he, they both he did, did all right. 
So we're not we're not real familiar with any of those tournaments up there yet, but we're we're working on it. So and there's some awesome lakes up there. You get up there in the smallmouth country up there, and ooh, that's my favorite. I mean, I'm no. more of a river guy though. I love, I love the river smallmouth. Yeah, we fished one of those tournaments was on Green and Duck Lake, and I think there was three people that caught over 96 inches of smallmouth. Oh my! So wow. 96 inches, five fish, 96 inches. That's crazy. Oh, I, I honestly, I don't have anything else unless John does. So and then what? there's the Belleville and Ford tournament too. That's right in my backyard for Mayo. So I'll be at that Belleville? one as well. Belleville Lake. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I did see that one. That that's the, that's my Mayo's last tournament of the year. Right. Yeah. Okay. August 24th. I'm looking at it right now. So, yeah, I'm not familiar with that one. Maybe I'll have to try to make it up there. <laughs> kind of far drive, but. <laughs> John, you got anything else for him? I do have one question. It's going to be, it's, it's going to be a tech question here. Mm-hmm. One of the big things that I heard down at ICAST, and it was a lot of talk about it, was the angles at which the kayak anglers are setting those, uh, loading those rods up. Hence, a lot of the rods breaking on kayak anglers we're down at those low angles and stuff like that just asking what's your favorite rod do you got one in particular that you really like to toss and sling and why my my spinning my spinning tackle i throw 13 fishing fate blacks the the lime green ones i love those and then my my casting setups are lose custom speed sticks nice does the does your broken uh, one one rod out of the kayak trying to land it like I, I needed to pull it closer to the boat and i grabbed a little bit further off the rod and snapped the tip right off of it that's what happened to me last weekend <laughs> yeah it's very common and that's one of the angles at which we're doing that we're loading this thing up too much and just snapping three four yeah. inches from the end of that and uh Yep. So there's a lot of discussion in the rod making and starting to probably develop a lot more rod blanks that are more specific to how we are loading those rods up as kayak anglers. It was a lot of cool. I don't know nothing about building rods, but it was really neat to sit in there and listen over here, that kind of stuff. So I'm curious. Uh, your lose speed stick, does it have the microwave guide system on it? Yep. That's there awesome. you go. Is it just happen to be one of those rods that you can toss forever? You're like, this is, <laughs> that's what i was it. throwing the chatterbait on all day that's, oh, that's seven one medium heavy oh good yeah well that's good to hear that's good to hear that you're using those rods and stuff i was i'm, I'm gonna ask that question a lot more of the kayak anglers you know because i gotta i gotta really you know um i started got i i need to start wrapping my head around the tech of the of what these kayak anglers are using out there and stuff and um, you know, going right to the source is the best way to do it. So very cool. Well, that, that's all we got with you tonight. So we, we appreciate you coming on to the show and, uh, talking fishing with us and your right, success, cool. man. So congrats on the win. And, uh, hopefully we see you, uh, sometime in the future at a tournament. Awesome. Cool. Yep. Hey, hey don't, guys. don't spend all that money. <laughs> I got, got I got to buy some some more jackhammers. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the pike stole it. Well, well, save save some for uh, um, 
um, that April 2020, that KBF National Championship. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. I'll, I'll see you down there. <laughs> All righty, cool. Have a good night, guys. You yeah, too, man. You too. See ya. All right, man. So let's Very get cool. to some Very of these. Cool. Uh, let's get into some of these uh, tournament recaps. Did Did you uh, go over any of them? Man, anything I, that caught your the, eye? The last three, literally, the last week of my life has just been all all <laughs> I cast and catching up with the folks that we have been talking about in these recaps, to seeing them face to face and stuff like that. That was absolutely amazing. Just absolutely amazing. So, no, my, uh, by the time I got back to uh, the La Quienta, which was only 0.4 miles away from the convention center, there was a convenient walk. However, it's kind of funny. You think, oh, it's a short walk to the convention center. But you have to walk around the convention center, which is like another mile just to get to the front door. You know, mm -hmm. uh, that's how big that thing is. But now my due diligence and, and tournament recaps uh, – Hasn't been so well, but uh, it was really neat to see um, um, Eric Siddiqui, mm -hmm. Christine Fisher, uh, Ron uh, Champion. You know, these are folks that I've been watching on YouTube, watching a lot. I've had the opportunity to fish with them a couple times uh, to see Eric Siddiqui, you know, who's a, a local kid done really good. He just grew up right down the street. And uh, to see him down there and all of them walking around in those world Hobie world jerseys, just with big smiles on their faces, man, they were feeling good. The energy was absolutely amazing. But uh, give me some of the term before we carry on to that kind of stuff. So I want to hear what happened. So uh, I'm glad we got caught up on some of that Fletcher's Pond stuff. I'm anxious to get up to that location and, mm -hmm. and fish that. But uh, um, so what's what's the news? What's going on out there? Oh, well, I got a few different uh, uh, tournament trails that we I, I've looked up in uh, some of our local tournaments in the area. Uh, I looked at a uh, kayak uh, bass tournament trail in Kentucky. It's KY Yak Tournament yeah. Trail. So yeah. that's, that's a clever name. They had a, uh, a river run tournament in the, uh, I think it was uh, the uh, three fish limit uh tony hobbs won with 45.5 inches on july 14th wow that's you know that's 45 it's not the biggest number put up there mm -hmm. you know was everybody just hitting a big old slow bite or was it just you know that just right there shows you that man you know you think oh man i got 39 I got 45, I got 46, 47 inches, mm -hmm. man. I don't know if I'm going to top out in this, if I have a chance at all. Next thing you know, you're getting a check. Mm -hmm. The crazy thing is I, I'm looking at the leaderboard right now. Second place was five inches behind first place. So that's, that's a big, that's a lot of inches to come up with when you're you yeah. know, 30 minutes away from the end of a tournament you're just sitting there slinging trash, anything you can. Yeah. Um, but that's a big lead. Yeah, definitely. I it, yeah, I was definitely surprised at looking at that. Uh, the other one I had was uh, kayak, uh, kayak bass fishing uh, trail here in Ohio. Uh, they had a, ra a raccoon creek puddle jumper. Yeah. Uh, the winner was Matt Davis. He won with forty-seven point seven five inches on July thirteenth. So. Another low numbers, man. What's up with our Ohio bass, man? What's going on? I mean, oh. you know, is there ever going to be a day that we're going to be putting up 80, you know, inches up on the leaderboard here in Ohio? For, and that's for three sounds, fish? 
And I'm like, oh, okay, is that what they had, a three-fish limit? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a three-fish limit. <laughs> okay, well, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Here I'm going, man, these <laughs> What's no, it's still crazy, bed? though. So Yeah, it is. You know, that's for sure. Because, you know, look at those. If there was a three-fish limit up in St. Clair, my Lord have mercy, you know. You yeah. already got 60 inches up on the board. Yeah. Oh. See, this, this Raccoon Creek uh, tournament was a little bit closer. Second place was Wayne Schnack. He's a, he's a real good fisherman here in Ohio. He's always on top of leaderboards for the KBF monthlies. And... Yeah. uh uh, he he only lost that tournament by a quarter inch. Now, see, there's when you're getting into some nail biting stuff. Mm-hmm. You're looking at that leaderboard, and you keep refreshing. And you're like, oh my gosh, yeah. But mm-hmm. that's how you win in this yep. sport by a quarter of an inch. Doesn't yeah, and sound then, like a lot. Uh, third and fourth place here, they were within three inches of first place. Right. So uh, Clayton Hask, he he won or he he didn't win. He uh. He placed fourth in that tournament. He's a Jackson team member, so he, he's another big name to, uh, to look out for. He fishes a lot of KBF trails and everything. So. Yeah, so he's kind of up there with the Dylan Fuquays and the Owen Chamberlains. Yeah, it you will. Know, that are out there dropping the bomb <laughs> on us. Yeah. Well, we're gonna get into that because he uh, Dylan Fuquay had a really good weekend on Mississippi River. Oh, so. Actually, I'll just go over that right now. Uh, it was the KBF Central Division for, on the Mississippi River. Brian, right. uh, our host of Paddle and Finn, he uh, competed in that. Uh, but the winner of that tournament was Tony Hutchinson. Uh, he right. had 81.75 inches on July right. 13th. Right. So this is the crazy thing, though. I looked at the top, uh, t- the top one through six. Dylan Fuquay was sixth place. He... He lost by an inch. So the top yeah. six spots were less than an inch. Oh, that's so. just a slugfest. I mean, that's like watching the WWE SmackDown. You yeah. know, where they're just going back and forth and back and forth, and you're doing everything you can to at least get that fish that's got another inch or two inches on it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But that's I, I, exciting. I watch that leaderboard. <laughs> All day long, and I was just, I was just amazed how close it was getting. I was like, man, right. Dylan Fuquay, he started off really hot. I think he was first at one point, and then he got knocked down a few spots as the day went on. But that kid's on fire, man. I think that kid's like a bass whisperer. Uh, he, he has to be. I mean, it's impressive what he's doing. Yeah, I know. So his dad does a lot of support for him, and it's cool to see a dad and a father-son combo out there doing what they do. But I was at uh, I was in Lake Barkley down at the uh, the Hobie Bass Open Series there, in which I did horrible, by the way. And um, but and and this is why um, I was uh, over in the Lake Barkley side, and I thought, you know, this is a good place to camp, land between the lakes. I got me a nice little uh, spot. It was sort of like a free range camping. You pay seven dollars and fifty cents. You get to go wherever you want to. Mm-hmm. And so I found a nice little spot. And I woke up the next morning and. Uh, I'm getting out and I'm stretching. I look over and there's this pickup truck and it's laying over kind of on its side a little bit and the windows were all fogged up. And uh, a, a guy jumps out of the pickup truck and he stretches a little bit and we're both kind of drinking coffee, you know, kind of sitting there. And uh, lo and behold, he introduces himself as a, a Fuquay. And I was like, wait a minute, I've heard that name. Mm-hmm. 
you know. Well, lo and behold, Dylan was in the, the truck, and Dylan wasn't feeling it that well at the time. So me and his dad had the opportunity to talk about Dylan. I was like, is that the Dylan Fuquay that just crushed everybody in the KBF trail tournament? You know, and he's like, yeah, that's Dylan. That's my boy. And I said, so what? What's this kid's on fire? What's going on? He says, Dylan has the op- the, the ability to pull up to a, just a body of water and sit there and look at it and focus on it for about, you know, a few minutes and say, nah, this is dead, man, let's move. Just like that. He can do this stuff. You know, I'm like, okay, that's kind of cool. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's all right. Whatever. <laughs> right. Well, well, the next day, tournament day, guess what? They're gone. They're gone. Well, I, I probably should have uh, listened because I went out there and I struggled so bad. That water was so dead. The bite was so dead, you know, and of course, Dylan moved out and they both did. Uh, I think he did really, you know, not too bad in the uh, Bass Open series down there. But, yeah, that kid is on fire and he's going to be a lot of fun uh, mm. to watch. Uh, Owen Chamberlain out of Tennessee, that kid's absolutely on fire. I've had the opportunity to fish with Owen uh a couple times in some tournaments, I met them down at a KBF uh, uh, Tennessee uh, uh, tournament going on down there. I met them there. They have family back here in close to Cincinnati, Ohio. And we went out to uh, Cowan Lake. Uh, we went out there and uh, he was the only one catching fish that day. <laughs> you know, That's awesome. They, yeah, he's he's that kid's good. He's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, definitely a lot of fun to watch. Uh, there's another guy to watch here. It's coming up with this uh, next tournament. Uh, I'm about to recap here. But uh, out of the Northern Michigan Kayak Trail that Brandon was talking about a few minutes ago at Saginaw Bay, uh, the winner, you know this name, Bogdan Korostetsky. Yeah, how can you miss that one right there? He won the KBF FLW tournament. Well, he he won the Saginaw Bay tournament last weekend with ninety three and a half inches. Yeah, oh, wow. Yeah, that's hey, bringing him on board. Yeah, I I'm and uh, I think second place was like eight inches behind him or something like that. Six inches, seven, eight, something like that. So he 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 basically destroyed everybody else. I mean, it wasn't even close. So that that guy is impressive, and I, I watch his YouTube videos all the time just to pick up little stuff he does. It's, I, he he's a good fisherman, man. I yeah. don't know what else to say. Yeah, no doubt. So uh, speaking of KBF events, uh, when's your next KBF event? You got anything on the on the uh, schedule? I don't know if I do or not. Because uh, you know but, you're going to get in that championship. You know you're going to get in there. It's just a matter of time. Yeah, really. it's I, just a matter of time. Uh, let's see. I, I think the, the next event that I'm going to fish is the Cincinnati uh, Kayak Trail right. uh, at Paint Creek. I yeah. think it's August 24th, maybe. Well, you, you got Paint Creek. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know what goes on out there. So, yeah. So if, if, if I can try, if I can place well in that tournament, I, I might be able to qualify. But yeah. I'm I'm not banking on it this year. This year was mainly to get my feet wet in in the tournament scene. I, mm-hmm. This is my first year fishing tournaments, so I'm basically just getting my feet wet and getting a feel for it. And you know, if it happens, it happens. But I'm not I'm not I'm not like pushing real big for it. I haven't been fishing tournaments every week trying to qualify. You know, so right. I'm just I'm just seeing where it takes me. Right. Absolutely. And that's probably the best attitude to have. You know, my first year, I just went nuts. 
-hmm. I went absolutely nuts. And I just entered tournament after tournament. And I traveled up and down I-75, left and right, and uh, spent a lot of money and uh, traveled a lot, was away from home a whole lot. And my main goal was to, why? I don't know, because I still need to learn how to fish, man. Mm-hmm. You know, but my main goal was to qualify for the national championship. I like to you know, aim high. Yeah. And it wasn't until the beginning of this year when I just had nothing really on the calendar and just kind of was a little bit more kicked back and into the social media aspects of it, having fun and lo and behold, Next thing you know, you get a call and you've, you're on the roster. And now it's so I think your approach is, you know, spot on because you definitely have the skill uh, and the, you know, the head of, of a good kayak angler and competitive one, too. So, uh, yeah, I'm it's just going to happen. I'm really hoping there's more river tournaments that pop around the area because I, I feel a lot more comfortable on the river. If yeah. we have these river tournaments – I feel like I have a better chance to qualify, but I'm still learning those lakes. So I'm right. not going them. Right. I would love to see those river tournaments come up a little bit more too. And it's funny that you, you, well, it's not funny that you say that, but, uh, uh, but, um, it's interesting that there is not as many rivers that we have around here in mm-hmm. Southwestern Ohio and the, and the tri-state area. It's interesting that there's not that many, river tournaments and in fact the uh, Loveland Canoe and Kayak tournament was the first one I have ever seen on Tourney X. Mm-hmm. I've never seen one before and so that was why I was so anxious uh, to get involved on in that one. I'm glad I did because that's where I met you and and mm-hmm. Jason and the other guys and stuff like that but and, you know unfortunately I guess for the rivers it's just so questionable in the conditions and stuff like yeah, that and that's that's really the challenge that you have. It's on hard thinner, to yeah, it's hard to plan those kind of things on the river, right. especially with the weather we've had this year. Oh, gross. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I just I know uh, Todd and Rich and Jason, they'll all be listening to this episode. So if you hear this hint, hint, we want river tournaments. Yes. <laughs> I don't care how they go about it. Just let's make it happen. Yeah, just do do one a lot. You know, do one a lot. They're yeah. on the uh, even on the little Miami. That's just a, a fun little uh, the 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 uh, GMR would be a great place to have one. And, oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, there's so many cool spots, but, you know, do it, boys. Give one of those Jackson kayaks away every time you do it, too. Oh, yeah, it's perfect kayak to give away on a river tournament, too. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I got some uh, upcoming uh, tournaments that I want to uh, share with everybody just to, you know, promote these tournaments and then you know try to get more people to get involved in these tournaments to make them aware of it so uh first one i have here is uh the moyak tournament series uh in missouri uh that's ran by uh uh richie uh i I can't pronounce his name lowry or something like that richie lowry i think right but anyway they have yeah they have one at stockton lake in stockton missouri on july 20th and uh, the guy to look for in that tournament is Brian Hillman. He's first in the Angler of the Year standings for their uh, uh, tournament trail. So we'll have to keep an eye on that one. That'll be a fun one to watch. I've never fished in Missouri in my life. I haven't either. It sounds yeah. interesting. I, I look at leaderboards, and they always put up some decent numbers. So Right, right. 
Second one here I have uh, – I'm, I'm always so interested in it because I, I hear a lot of names come out of the, come out of this tournament even though it's on the other side of the country. It, uh, the Yakabass Tournament Trail. Uh, they're fishing the Delta in Lodi, California on July right. 21st. Right. And, of course, the guy to watch for in that tournament trail is Greg Blanchard. He plays oh my, yeah. third in the KBF month, uh, KBF uh, National Championship this year. So Yeah. And he knows how to fish California. I mean, he did really well with the Lake Shasta and the Hobie Bass Open Series out there, yep. you know. And that kid's really a lot of fun to watch. He mm-hmm. watches YouTube videos. They're very valuable videos. They're they're sort of keep it simple kind of videos. Uh, you know, it's just him kind of catching fish and turning around and showing you the camera and stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, and sometimes I think that he does give a, a few of those uh, techniques that he probably should keep buried. Yeah. You know? But he's very open with how yeah. he fishes, and he's very. Uh, He's a he's a social media fisherman, that's for sure, and uh, definitely like his uh, Facebook page, his YouTube video and stuff. He's a good dude to watch. Yeah, I'm, I'm addicted to his videos, man. I watch them basically the night he releases them every night, right before I go to sleep. Yeah, he has like twenty three thousand subscribers on his YouTube channel. Wow, I mean, that's pretty I, incredible. That you is know? crazy. I got seven. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any. Thanks, mom. <laughs> I appreciate it. Hey, a big shout out to the guys that are going down to KBF uh, Tennessee Trail down there. There's a bunch of fine Tennessee kayak fishermen down there. Um, that is, I really fell in love with the Tennessee crowd down there around Lake Chickamauga. But they got a uh, July 23rd. They have a, uh, a Fate Sanders or not a, uh, a four flippers uh, there at Station Camp. Uh, is going on, but August 3rd and 4th is their closer, uh, their closure down there at uh, Percy Pre- uh, Priest Open Lake, and that's uh, part of their uh, the KBF um, Tennessee uh, trail going on down there. A bunch of good folks. So if you get into Percy Priest, I heard that's a really exciting lake. That's uh, Owen Chamberlain's uh, home lake. Yeah. He fishes that quite a bit. Yeah, and you know he's going to be there. Oh, yeah. I, I watched his videos on YouTube also, and he's always on that lake. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Big shout out to his dad, Phil, too. Another uh, son, father combo that's out there really just hitting it up. So it's really neat to see them both out there in their hobies, man. I think they're, that's what they're in. Does his dad compete too? You know, I don't, uh, yes, he does, but I don't think to the extent Owen does. But yeah, Yeah. I think his dad is dead, certainly. How can you not? Yeah. Now, that, now that's, that's interesting you say that because I don't believe that Dylan Fuquay's dad competes while he's out there. He's, from what I understand, his 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 dad's focused on his son, you know, and mm-hmm. supporting him while he's out there doing his stuff. But that's it's good to see that stuff. Yeah. Uh, KBF uh, Texas region. They have a uh, tournament coming up on Sam Rayburn Reservoir, July twentieth. Uh, the guys to watch out for for uh for that tournament Dwayne Taff of course uh, yeah for, crusher former national champion and then uh Brad Case I've seen his name yeah. times yeah so, yeah that's gonna be I, another one yeah Guillermo Gonzalez too man is he popping in that guy's big in the Hobie Bass Open Series but he knows Texas like the back of his hand you know I, I'm sure if he's in on that mix there uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna look here in a second if he's uh in that tournament because I, I didn't I didn't see him. Yeah, Glaremo, man, you know. That's a uh 
he'll be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I remember you bringing him up one uh, one other segment. Let's see here. And it's a fun name, Guillermo. <laughs> he might be one of those guys that signs up later, but I don't see his name yet. Right. Maybe, you know, maybe he's, those, some of those cats, it's interesting. Some of them aren't crossing over, you know. They're not crossing the beams, man. Mm-hmm. You know, some of them are staying in the Hobie Bass Open Series and others are, you know, going to uh, KBF only. But uh, – um, and some of them are hitting them both up. Hey, wouldn't it be cool to qualify for the, the you know, the, uh, the kayak bass fishing national championship and also qualify for the Hobie bass open worlds or something like that. <laughs> I mean, wow. What a fun year. Yeah, that would be awesome. And it's just a quarter of an inch that wins it, man. Just takes a quarter yeah. of an inch. Yeah. That's, I couldn't even imagine. Uh, we got the, uh, KBF Southeast region, uh, Kentucky Lake, July 20th. Uh, the guys to watch out for that are already signed up for that one. Mike Elsie, Jay yeah. Wallen, and Adam yeah. Reiser. Mike Elsie, man, what a fire. That dude's got a fire little spirit going on inside of him. Uh, and uh, he's, he's doing amazing. He's on top of it. He feels good. Uh, I know Mike is looking for a rod sponsor out there, I believe, and uh, it would really need to see him get set up. And that's one tremendous ambassador of uh, kayak bass fishing. He's just a good all-around person. Had an opportunity to really spend a lot of time with uh, Mike down at ICAST. I was somewhat lobbying for American Tackle to take him in as a rod sponsor. You know, Mm -hmm. we are manufacturers and distributors of – of uh, just probably the greatest rod building components out there, you know. So it would be really neat to put that deal together. But uh, Mike's got some people that are interested in him, but Mike Elsie, man, keep watching him. He's going to be a lot of fun to uh, watch in the future. And Man. I-, I love how genuine he is. Like, yeah. Just watching him on, watching him on video, it's just like, you can tell how genuine that guy is. Yeah, I he would be—he would be that good person to win a back-to-back championship. It would absolutely change his life, and it already, like he said, it did somewhat change his life. It's given him ability to go into the next step and with his fishing. But uh, when they crowned him uh, a national champion last year, I was watching the uh, award ceremony on Facebook, yeah. and uh, just like the expression on his face and the like. Yeah. Watching like that huge weight just come off yeah. his shoulders when he yeah. was holding the trophy, I was like, yeah. "Oh my gosh!" I got chills watching it. Dude, it was- I cried. <laughs> I yeah. cried, and it you know, it's, I, I'm not lying to you. I'm one of those people. I think it's like a disease of some sort that we cry at everything. Man, I'll be like at a freaking Fourth of July parade <laughs> and see some old World War II vet being carted around in the black of a white convertible Corvette. And I'll start tearing up over, you know, old glory and stuff. But I'm sitting here watching Mike uh, get that uh, uh, crown, the champion, and the emotion, the the energy that was coming off of him. Dude, I'm freaking how many miles away in my pajamas, and I'm watching that, and I'm starting to tear up and choke up, and I could feel it. So when we were down at IceCast, I wanted to tell him I had that feeling. and, And, dude, that's how powerful that moment was. Next thing you know. I'm crying again, man. I'm looking at him. I'm going, oh my, oh my gosh. So, you know, we're sitting there hugging each other, you know. I mean, he is genuine. He's got a great energy to him. And uh, I certainly, if there's going to be a back-to-back KBF championship, I hope it's Mike Elsie. I hope it is. 
Yep. Uh, last one I have here is, uh, of course, the uh, K- KBF Trail at uh, East and West Harbor. We talked about that earlier. Uh, it's co-hosted by uh, KBF, Mayo, Kayak Anglers, and the Buckeye Kayak Fishing Trail. So I'll be watching that one as it goes on all day, uh, keeping a real close eye on it. Cause there's, there's quite a few guys that I know that are in that tournament. Uh, uh, Kurt Smith's, me and you both know him personally. So uh, let's see. Is Bert going to be in that? Bert Goodhouse? Oh. I don't see his name yet. There's only 24 signed up through Tourney X. He's a sleeper. He's a sleeper, man. You got to watch Bert. He's like the general Patton of kayak <laughs> bass fishing. But he'll like he'll he'll like sleep on you, and he won't sign up until like six hours before you can cut off time. So he's a, he's one fun to watch, man. He cut he caught Saint Clair on fire that first oh, yeah. day. And he came out in top five. I know he could. I bet he smoked down probably three or four cigars that <laughs> night. I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I ran into him uh, during the Buddy Bass tournament in the Paddle and Fin tournament on Callan Lake. Yeah. I was like, Bert. He was like, hey, what's up? He had his cigar <laughs> in his mouth. <laughs> I'm kidding. And it was 102 degrees outside. Yep. You know, and he's over there chugging on that cigar. He's like amazing. Yep. It's like, he's like Brad Pitt and Fury. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome yeah he, i say that because he was cool. an army tank specialist by the way i say that proud yeah. army soldier a uh, few other guys that are signed up here that uh other people might know jim heinrich uh josh gallimore um let's see uh jared mccomas he's he's a uh, part of the mayo kayak anglers board uh met him last weekend at the paddle and fin meetup and also Chris Tours, I, I keep seeing his name pop up, and he's usually he, he's pretty high up there all the time on the leaderboards. So I'll give him a shout out. Right. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you're not signed up yet, but you will be, right? No. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna think about that here in the next couple of days. I'm you know I'm I'm focusing my energy and my funds and all that kind of stuff on Gunnersville for the Hobie Bass Open Series. Gotcha. I want to try to get Gunnersville, so I will be taking. Probably a trip down to uh, Gunnersville um, at least a couple times before September. And then, of course, the KBF National Championship there in 2020 and April. So uh, I want to try to get to know Gunnersville as po- much as possible. But, boy, I'm itching, man. I want to get <laughs> out there and get in the middle of some tournament because I haven't been doing that many this year, you know. And usually I'm cranking out one to two a week. But uh, whether it's an online state tournament or it's an at-location type tournament. But I've really heard a lot about East and West Harbor. Uh, I'm ready to do a drive again. I got the kayaks already. I was out there today playing with them. They're just sitting at me going, when are we going to go have fun, man? <laughs> so it's possible. I'll know in the next couple of days whether I'm committing to that. Awesome. Well, I, uh, that's all I got for tournament uh, recap tonight. So You uh, did good. I did my homework, so you did. I'm glad you look like that one dude that would be doing his homework. You know, unlike me, you know, where I'm just no, you, looking. looking you at were at iCast, man. You you got you got a good excuse. So. I was on a field trip, that's for yeah, sure. That's wow. So I, I'll let you go ahead and shout out your sponsors before we end it. Man, there's no, there's absolutely at the top. 
there's no way I can really think about the sponsors without thinking about American Tackle. Mm -hmm. And I absolutely, as a pro staff here in the Midwest, and they're located headquarters in, in Florida there, which is not far from Orlando. It's Ovita, Florida. Um, Ovida, Ovita, some say tomato, some say tomato, you know, that kind of thing. But uh, uh, I, I absolutely did not recognize what American Tackle <coughs> did outside of selling great products, rod building products, blanks, grips, uh, the microwave guide system, uh some soft plastics, the new Bushido crankbaits and stuff like that, blah, 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 right? Outside of being a great family, they hang out. We've got to know them on social media a little bit. I did not know what to expect. Mm -hmm. When Austin Todd, the social media marketing kind of manager of all those us crazy pro staffers in which there's over a thousand around the world, around the world okay when he put the golden ticket this thing right the green ticket <laughs> exhibitor means that you can get in before anybody else when he gave that to me and i walked in there my mind was freaking blown man you could uh, feel the energy he takes me over to the american tackle booth and my mind was blown again and i started <laughs> looking around what american tackle does then, for the next three days, I got myself within hula hoop space of conversations about rod building, about distribution, about packaging, about copyright laws, about how American Tackle will help you through all of that. Sticks, you've got such a huge fan base now. You're going to come out with your signature flipping stick, <laughs> the flipping sticks. Right. You know, and um, sticks from the hicks or hicks from the sticks. You come up with anything. American Tackle will help you through the process to your specs. Build your rod, stamp out 10, put your labels on them. They'll distribute these things for you to help you with copyright laws. And they will also stamp out 10,000 of them for all of your fans that you got. This is just one thing that American Tackle will do. So they just don't sell fancy hooks, the sharpenite hooks, and they don't the break pro staff baits and all that kind of stuff. They will help you with an amazing, amazing resource when it comes to whether you're creating a lure or you just want to come out with a great rod as a builder. Or if you're just a simple rod builder, go to American Tackle Angler Products or American Tackle. Uh, com and you can find all their great stuff. But what I would like to give a shout out about is this little thing right here. Mm -hmm. That fancy little design. It looks kind of Star Wars like. In fact, I think I see one right there on your brand new Pro Staff jersey. That right there, ladies and gentlemen, is the microwave guide design. And you might not think that that's a big deal when it comes to flipping a rod or flipping your lure. You just want to get your lure out there to the target area. You don't think how it gets there. Well, this rod or this guide right here, the microwave guide, has won six industry worldwide mm -hmm. awards. And there's nothing else out there in the fishing industry world that can claim that. There's nothing except this right there. 
And I'm telling you, there's people that are taking pictures of this stuff right now and wanting to reproduce it over in far off countries. That's how cool this is. But there is absolutely nothing like the microwave guide like there. If you're a rod builder, you know what I'm talking about. If you got a loose rod and you got the microwave guide system on it, I bet you it's one of your favorite rods. This thing here was exciting mm. to be around and watch just how this simple innovation right there was key in American Tackle. That's who's doing it. Mm -hmm. That was cool. The, the products that were out there were amazing, but nothing stands out like the marriage. Just this little simple, beautiful thing right there. So I, shout out to American uh, Tackle. Uh, definitely. I, I love my American Tackle custom rod with the microwave guides, dude. So that, that thing's just... Like like you always say, so sensitive that you can feel the fish thinking about it. You can feel them thinking about it. They're just sitting <laughs> and, there looking at it. You're going, yeah, uh, I know. Those microwave guys, that just sends my line right through it. So long cast. It, it's just crazy. Huh? Yeah. I've never got, had anything like it. So You got precision. You got accuracy. You got less wear and tear on the rod. And you got less wear and tear on you. I mean, you're out there at a tournament, especially that uh, – um, cow and leg tournament where it was what 16 hours of 100 degrees out there you are slinging probably six seven eight hundred times possibly if not a thousand times and when you got that efficiency in your casting through something like the microwave guide it makes absolutely all the difference in your arm wear and tear and all that stuff you know and i'm old man my shoulders only got so much and especially when you're in a kayak and you're in those very vulnerable positions and you're trying creative ways of flipping stuff when you have something as efficient as the M20 microwave finesse set. This was the award winner there. No big deal. And it won in fishing accessories. So imagine at ICAST how packed that category was and that simple little microwave 20 finesse set brought it home for the sixth time yeah <laughs> it's good stuff all right we got shout outs for the podcast here a huge thanks to bonafide for myself american tackle company of course for me and john uh, uh rocktown paddle sports in illinois uh huge thanks uh shout out uh to loveland canoe and kayak yes uh, hammered lures coyote sunglasses uh, Sweetwater Brewing, Fish Mob Lures, Southern Lake Company, and Mayo Kayak Anglers. And then, as always, if you have any used plastics uh, that you need to ship, or if you're going to throw them away, throw them in a box and ship them to uh, 316 Pinewood Drive, Camp Hill, PA, 17011. Uh, he uses those plastics to melt them down and make new lures for heroes on the water. So... It's cool little, uh, cool little uh, program he's got. Absolutely, there. all definitely, we all uh, support. So, absolutely. And uh, one little thing that I'd like to shout out here at the end of it, and I know there's a whole bunch of rednecks out there listening to this podcast right now. <laughs> if you're not a redneck, you're going to be one in a minute because I want everybody to try out what's called the Port Arthur. This was something that was really cool. It's not that fantastic looking, and no big deal. It's nothing like the microwave. 20 guide system but if you want to catch some catfish look up limb lines and how to catch fish off a limb line but also look up port arthur limb lines and you can order these things by the dozen in fact uh sticks i got a number of these 
and we need to give a few of these away on the podcast here at some point in time. But everybody out there, check that. out Limb Lines and uh, check out Limb Lines and uh, look up Port Arthur Limb Lines. Uh, give these guys a big shout out on their Facebook page. You're going to love these little things. I can't even describe how to use them because it's too much little kind of detail, and I'm not ready to get that redneck yet. <laughs> It'd be fun to use. So that's all we got today, guys. Uh, we'll see you guys next week and tight lines and smooth paddling. Yes. So long, guys. <laughs>